Good morning. As I told the uh, early crowd and tell you as well, whenever I get to stand up here and look out at all of you and see so many people singing, it's a powerful thing, especially in a world that sometimes doesn't seem to hold Jesus in esteem the way we do, and to hear your voices and see your faces say, you, Jesus, are all to us. That is a powerful thing. That's one reason we come together on Sunday, is so we can say that together, that he is all to us. This morning, we continue on. Our series this year is Becoming, but for the last few weeks, we've been talking about unbecoming, that idea of doing something that doesn't look pretty, that doesn't look good, like when my mother would say, get your elbows off the table, that's unbecoming, those kind of things. But as we get toward our lesson, and before we kind of get there, I want to talk a minute about bird watching of all things that may sound kind of odd i would have never in my life considered myself a bird watcher i'm still not like those especially in england and other countries that really know their birds but somewhere during the pandemic time when everything was shut down barbara and i would watch birds part of the reason is right behind our back gate is a creek and is a trail and it's not a beautiful place there aren't any trees it's just a trail and it's a natural creek but at the same time everyone's water flows into the into this creek and so there's always water in it it's always running it's probably sometimes it's about six inches deep but that's considered pretty full but there are always birds out there now i'm not into knowing the names of all the birds i mean we have we have some white birds with with long beaks and we have white birds with long legs, and we have some short black birds. I mean, we got a little bit of everything. I don't know what they are. I can tell you this, duck hunters, they're not ducks. Stay away. But they're beautiful to watch. And we stood and sit out on our little bench, and we watched the birds sometimes, especially during that time of the pandemic. And it was interesting to watch some of these birds, some of these egrets and herons. And there's one heron, for example, that we've named Harold, and I text my daughter in Oklahoma and say, I saw Harold today because he's become like a family friend. And so with these different, like with Harold and the others, they will stand there in the water staring down for what maybe is hours. I don't know. I don't stand long enough to see how long they're there. They just keep looking down, and all at once, here comes a fish by, a little tiny fish, and you will see the same thing. It's two gulps. It's whack, whack. And Harold gets his fish. Now sometimes whenever Harold and the others lean down to get the fish and they've been waiting forever and they go down, they miss the fish. You will even see the fish fall out of their mouth sometimes. And on goes the fish. But how interesting it is to watch these birds for 10 minutes at a time, 30 minutes at a time, to think what all is going on. I want to kind of transition into our sermon here for a minute. I realize you think I've lost my mind. I really have, but this isn't the reason why, not today. Matthew chapter 6, going to verse 25. This is coming off the reading that you heard this morning from Gibson. Therefore, Jesus says, this is his most famous sermon. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Now, there's a big word there in the very beginning. Notice, therefore. When you see the word therefore, it means that there was something before it, right? 
This is a conclusion that he's making here. Therefore, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about what you'll eat or, and drink or what you'll wear. And the verse this morning is not on your screen for this. I want you to hear it or you can follow along in your Bible. From Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, the verse that's right before this one, what is he talking about? And this is what Jesus says. No one can serve two masters. Since either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now this is interesting. For a lot of us, we've been going to church all of our lives. We knew what that verse was going to say. We knew it was either God or money. But let me tell you, if you are new to studying the Bible, if you are new to church, if you this first time you heard it, you might have thought it would say, you can't serve two masters. You can't serve God or the devil. That's kind of what I thought it would say. I mean, that would have been my imagination or something else, satanic of some type that he would come up with. But that's not what he says. You cannot serve both God and money. Wow, he hit that on the head. That was 2,000 years ago that he preached this, but yet it still makes sense, doesn't it? Because you know that the pursuit of wealth and material things, they just flat leave us agitated, don't they? Incidentally, my sermon today is not really on birds. My sermon's on worry. Because money leaves us agitated. Wouldn't you say that's the way it is? And we just become unsettled sometimes when it comes to money. Now, for some of us in the audience, we are truly worried about what are we going to eat for dinner, for lunch today or for dinner tonight. We may literally have those thoughts in our heads because we are at that point. But the majority of folks in here have, had, have been blessed. We've been blessed, and, and we, we're not too worried about lunch. We're not too worried about supper. We're not worried about lunch three weeks from now or three years from now. We know, you know, we have enough. We've been able to do that. But let me tell you, it's agitating. The more we think about money, the more difficult life gets, right? Some of us, oh, I've got a little extra I'm going to put in the stock market. And then the stock market goes down, and then it goes down, and then it goes down. And I kept telling you it was going to go up, but it kept going down, and then it goes up one day, and we're so excited, then it goes down. And wow, life gets really confusing and agitating, and we're unsettled, and we don't know what it means about our retirement. Or how about that big trip that we were going to take for our anniversary? What does it mean about my kids' braces? And we start thinking about all these things that, that, that we weren't even thinking about before we had anything, right? And we get worried. Don't misunderstand me. I like money as much as anybody else. But it brings problems to us. We can't depend on it always the way we would like to. Now, there are other things that bother us too. And you probably assume that I will tell you that nothing is very important. Well, let me tell you, most things that, we, that we're concerned about, many of the things we're concerned about, they are important things. They are. There are things that right now, if we were to go around the room and take the microphone, as I sometimes say, we would find that people right now in this room are concerned with some real doozies, some things that are really big, and we would all, maybe our mouths would drop open, or maybe we already know about some of the things, but we would be surprised at what's going on. There are several concerns that people have. These are things that many of us would, would say these are generally our concerns, if we were a church member here, this would be for a lot of us. Safety 
It's one of those things that we would worry about. I don't know how many of you are packing heat right now, and I don't really want to know, but there are probably some of you that are concerned about safety. I worry about or concerned about safety. The last thing I did last night was make sure our doors were locked at our house and turned on the alarm. Of course, we think about safety. We put the seatbelt on when we drive our cars. Of course, that's a concern. We, we think about countries like Israel and Ukraine and other places and think about potential threats from places. Of course, safety is a concern that we all have to some degree. Job, many of us, if we are of working age, trying to get a job, trying to keep a job, seems like the economy is up and down. Some areas are thriving and some areas are a little unsettled. And if you're in between there, that can be a very difficult place to be. Of course, there's a concern about having a job or family having a job. Health is another. I mean, lots of people will be at doctor's appointments this week. Lots of you are waiting for results from tests that you've had had over the past week or two. Of course, there are health concerns. There's family. We are concerned about our family, and whether it be our aging parents or if it be our little children. We're concerned about that. I remember when Annabeth, our oldest, was in high school. She was always she was she was a wonderful girl. She's a young, wonderful young woman. And but I remember that there was a lot of stress in her life. You know, there were lots of crises that seemed to happen, whether it be about grades or friends or 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 losing her hair bow. I mean, there are lots of crises in her life. And I remember one time I was in the bedroom, Barbara was out in the living room with, with Annabeth, and I could hear them discussing things, and Annabeth worried about whatever was going on, and, they, and Barbara came into the bedroom, and I said, if we can just get this girl through high school. And she said, I know. <laughs> we remind her of that story often. It's that idea we have concerns for our kids, and maybe then when they're toddlers we do, when they're older they do, and then when they leave the home, those concerns keep going. The church, I tell you, that is a concern. The Apostle Paul even talked about that he had daily concern for all the churches, is what he said in the book of 2 Corinthians. You know, my life is a little bit different than a lot of folks. I mean, I don't have a secular job. This is my job. This is it. Most of my friends are right here in this room where they were at early service. So my whole life is wrapped up in Memorial Church of Christ. And so this, this is it. I mean, I have concerns when people are sick. If church is headed off this way or headed off that way. I mean, concerns, they're real. They exist. It's just the way it is. And of course, we all worry or are concerned, so to speak, about tomorrow. What's going to happen tomorrow? I didn't study for that test yet. What's going to happen tomorrow when I have to take it? What's going to happen when I go to the doctor tomorrow? When I turn on the news tomorrow or look on my phone? Who else is going to be shooting rockets at someone, right? There are all these things just tomorrow. I've got to wake up and confront someone tomorrow. I've got to deal with an issue tomorrow. Well, here's the issue. Concerns become an issue when they become worries. When they become worries. It's concerns we all have. But then when I get paralyzed with worry that I cannot move, that's when the problem comes. 
And I want you to understand that Jesus had some deep concerns. You remember him in the Garden of Gethsemane, but he goes to his Father, not my will, but your will be done. It is when we take it from one level and it goes up another level that then we then start having issues. Just like all of you at different times in life, right now I have two or three or four concerns in my personal life, things that are concerns that, to me that could be borderline worries. And I knew that I was preaching on this subject. I thought, I've got to live my sermon, right? I can't, can't not live my sermon and then stand up and preach it. This week has been a wonderful week of sleep for me. That sounds odd. But it's because, I don't know, I think it's through God, it's through His Spirit, I've said, Lord, take these things as I go to bed. Take these things, and I literally, as I've been lying in bed, have lifted my hands up and put them over as if I was giving them to God. And said, take these for me. I need to sleep. And I don't understand how God does it, but God has done it. And for all of us to find a way to hand these things over to God and say, take these concerns, and now I'm moving on because you are in control and you have it. In Matthew chapter 6, in the same passage we're studying today in 26 and 27, Jesus said, of all things, remember the beginning of the sermon, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? You know what science tells us? is first of all, you cannot add an hour to your life by worrying, but you can lose an hour of your life by worrying. You can lose years of your life by worrying. And Jesus, way before the scientists ever figured it out, already knew worry is not going to help us. He says, look at the birds. God somehow takes care of them. God somehow does it, and if God cares about birds... He cares about me. There is a particular corner out in, for those of you who live in Katy, you've probably seen it in other parts of the city as well, but out on North Fry, there is an HEB just north of I-10, and there is a Highline wire across the street from there, and there must be, at the lowest point in the winter, 10 million little blackbirds on that line. I may have miscounted. There may be 11 million on that line. And you hear them squawking the whole time. God cares about every single one of those birds. God cares for them. If God would care about a, a, a bird that's just up there in the sky on the highline wire, God cares about my issue. Now, sometimes those birds fall and they die. And God cares about those birds that fall and die. And God cares about my situation that I'm going through right now, whatever it is, I don't go through it alone, because God even cares about the simplest things. 
going on in this passage. We're in Matthew chapter 6 today. In Matthew 6, in verses 28 through 30, Jesus said, And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? He said, why are you so worried? Now, obviously, he wants you to wear clothes, but he's not saying, he said, why in the world are you worried? Thinking, oh, no, it's not going to work out. Somehow, it works out. God takes care of his people. Somehow, it's okay. What has to happen is I have to decide where is my focus. And whenever I get the focus all at once, things start coming the right way. Going on in this passage in Matthew chapter 6 again, verses 33 and 34. At the end of that long bit that we've just been looking at, this is what Jesus says. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. And if any statement in the Bible needed a big amen, it's this one. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Amen. Every day has enough trouble. Why in the world do I need to create more trouble to worry about? All it does is, is causes me to be unsettled and agitated and mad at the world. Each day has enough trouble. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and these things will be added to you. The promise is only for those who seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And it is not who sort of seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It is for those who seek God, who completely seek God. I put God and his kingdom above everything. That's what I'm supposed to do, to put God and his kingdom above everything else, whatever it is. And, and you say, well, that's really hard to do. I know. And he's saying, I intentionally follow God. This is not something I just happen into. I intentionally follow him. But understand, this takes effort. This takes a lot of effort. Some of us in this room, even this morning, you decided, I am going to go to church. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to get my life together. I'm going to start going the way I'm supposed to go. And then you got here and, and, and you know, you started thinking, well... I wonder how the Astros, I wonder who's going to be starting for the Astros tonight. I wonder who the pitcher's going to be. I didn't mention that other team. I wonder who the pitcher's going to be. I wonder, I wonder uh, how the Texans are going, to, are going to do. And then he started looking on your phone while I'm talking, right? I know how this happens. Or some of you know, I would never look on my phone. How dare you to say that? And so instead, you're looking up at this picture going, I wonder where that is. I think we went on vacation to that place. And so you're looking at that, and all at once you had all this thought you were going to be really devoted to Jesus, and you're really going to worship God, you're really going to be all those things, and then all at once your mind just goes somewhere else. You know, sometimes I'll be at home and I'll think something like, you know, I'm going to read the Bible, and I'm going to read it on my phone, and I'll get out my phone, and I'm going to go to BibleGateway.com, Bible and I'm going to read 
for a while. Maybe I'll read for 30 or 40 minutes. I'm going to read. But I think, oh, well, I better check my email first just in case. And I go over to my email, and then there are like four emails there, some really serious ones, you know, like for want me to buy a pair of shoes or something from some spurious company somewhere. And so I'll read that and think, oh, that's terrible. And I delete all those things. And then I go, well, you know, in my email, there's also the junk. I wonder if I got anything important in junk. So I'll look there. Well, junk, well, then there's also clutter. So I got to go look in clutter. But while I'm looking in clutter, I'm thinking, you know, I haven't checked Facebook in like three minutes. I better go look over there. And I get over there, well, that leads me over to Instagram. And then that leads me back to, I've been thinking about this, about the history of, of Don Kessinger, an old baseball player. And so I go over there, and I start reading on Googling things. And I just go back and forth, back and forth. An hour and a half is gone, and I still have not read one word in the Bible. Do you all know what I'm talking about? This is what we do. When it comes to, the life of, to, to a life in Christ, of walking this life with Him, you better believe you're going to get distracted. You're going to say, this is what I'm doing, this is where I'm going, and then you're going to go, oh, look, a bird, and you're going to be off there, right? We all deal with this. And so it takes effort to say, I am coming back to Christ. And, and it's not like you say this one time, I came back to Christ and that's it. This is like a daily thing. Sometimes it's an hourly thing. Nope, got off. I'm coming back. And I'm, I'm on the way for 10 minutes. And then I get off. And, nope, I'm coming back. And so we work on this all the time, seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, of putting God first. It takes effort. And then he says that thing about tomorrow, you know, worrying about tomorrow. And some of you probably are saying, well, what do I what do, I do about tomorrow? This is what I know about tomorrow. I can tell you this right now. If I am a Christian, I will be with Jesus tomorrow, one way or another. I'll be with Him alive in my office, enjoying the day. I'll be with Him enjoying friends or family. I'll be with Him in a restaurant. I'll be with Him at the store. Or I will have passed into His arms into eternal life. One way or another, when I am seeking God and His kingdom, and I am in Christ... I know about tomorrow that I will be with Jesus no matter what the circumstances. I will be with Jesus. Now, I wish there weren't things in the world to worry about. I wish there weren't things that were concerns, but there are. We love our families. We love the church. We love this world. And so there are going to be concerns that sometimes even become worries. But if you want to know the key, it is right in front of us. It is to seek God and His kingdom first. You know, sometimes when I was a kid, we would play with the ball in the house. Now, I know for all of you who are kids, you should never play ball in the house, but sometimes it, it happened at our house, and, and my friends would be over. We'd take a ball like this. It's ironic. This is a stress ball of all things, and we would throw this ball around the living room, and we'd throw it over to whoever was on the couch, over to the chair, to the other chair, and we'd be throwing the ball. Well, then the ball would get lost. And so then you have to find the ball, right? And so I would be down on my hands and knees, looking underneath the couch, underneath the, the, behind the chair, and go from one place to another trying to find it. And there would be one of my friends sitting there in a chair doing this the whole time. He would be holding the ball while I would be looking everywhere for it. This is the way it is with stress 
and worry and concern? The answer is right in front of us. The answer is seek, seek His kingdom first and His righteousness. And all these other things will be added to us. Food, clothing, shelter, future, a home, a hope. All those things will be added to us. So how can I relieve my stress? And I understand that some of us probably are under deeper stress than than I know. But how can I do that? You would probably expect me to say a lot of things I'm not going to say today, like read the Bible, that's a really important one, and, and do that. But I'm just going to give you three easy ones. Pray. When Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane, he was under stress so badly that his sweat came out like blood. That's stress. He prayed, not my will, but your will be done. Serve. When you get up and start serving other people and start helping other people, sometimes you realize, oh, my situation's not as bad as I thought it was, or I can take a bad situation and I can use it for good to bless other people. Get up and serve. Don't stay at home and just feel sorry for yourself or feel bad or feel paralyzed that you can't get out. Get up and do something. If you can't leave your house, start writing cards, send text messages, make telephone calls, whatever it is. And don't talk about yourself and your problems, although you may, for part of the time, talk about a way to bless other people and lift other people up. Serve other people. Look for a way not to be served, but to serve. And here's the third one. Go bird watching. And when I say that, what I mean is the next time you see those birds, if they're out and if you have a creek or if you're walking across the parking lot or you're at the grocery store and you see those birds, you just remember God cares about the birds. God cares about the birds. And if He cares about those birds, He cares about me. I've been made in His image, and He cares about His image. And he cares about me. Remember that God loves us. And he wants us. And and, and even though we go through pain, he goes through it with us. So here's my question for us today. What will I do to seek the kingdom with all my heart? What will I do? Some of us need to be baptized into Christ in order to seek the kingdom, really, with all of our hearts, to be immersed into Jesus, where I'm saying, I'm in your kingdom and I want to follow you. And He will take away our sin and give us the gift of the Holy Spirit and He will help us and through all of our needs. He will be with us in the hours of trials and in the months and years of trials. He'll be with us. To others of us today, maybe we need prayer. You can write to us at elders at mcoc.org. Our elders will be praying for you. You can say, let the whole church pray for me. Maybe you just pray on your own or pray with a friend, but the point is, We want to move to a place where we trust God in a way that we have never trusted God before. That He can get us through any type of situation, whether it be personal or national or international or whatever it is, that our trust is fully in God. Come today as we stand and sing.